We are live. Hello and welcome to Community Manager Live. I'm David Dewalt, Community Manager at Siena. Uh, every two weeks, we bring a collection of industry professionals together, community industry professionals together. This is a topic uh, suggested by our audience. If you would like to chat along with us today, you can do so on YouTube um, and I think Twitch. Uh, LinkedIn, for some reason, failed today, so I'm not actually streaming. Um, maybe it'll get there, maybe it won't. It says failed. It's going to try some backup keys. Um, and uh, if you would, uh, and also on Twitter. So if you would prefer to chat along with us today, you'll have to do so on YouTube, um, which is probably the safest bet anytime. Um, and uh, if you prefer to watch, you can do so on Twitter. Uh, and of course, on YouTube after this is all over. You can find links to all of that at the top of our page on cmgr.live. Um, this week, we're going to talk about onboarding community members. But first, um, we're gonna go around the horn and let everybody introduce ourselves. We'll start first uh, to my side and say, Adrian, tell us who you are, what you do and where you do it. No? What's going on? You know, technology is beautiful. And I hit the <laughs> mute button because I was like clicking around and then I was like, great, I'm a moron, because of course he's going to choose me first. <laughs> so, hi, I'm Adrian. I'm a moron. No, just kidding. Well, that would be probably oh, no, clipped no. out somewhere. Um, so I, my name is Adrian Spire. I am a community builder and author of The Accidental Community Manager um, and uh, currently open to work. Hashtag. <laughs> All right. Deb, we'll drop down to you. Uh, my name is Deb Shell. I am the creator at findcalmhere.com. I'm a community consultant and strategist helping entrepreneurs and business owners find calm in the process of building, launching, and growing an online community. Wow. And last but definitely not least, Lori Goldman. Hi there. My name is Lori Goldman. Um, I manage developer and technical uh, communities for open source and SaaS companies. Very good, very good. All right, as I said, this week we are covering uh, onboarding community members, something that we all have to do. Um, I do have good questions for us this week. However, we're going to try something new. Uh, because we do this at 2 o'clock Eastern in the United States, our wonderful and uh, amazing community managers over in Europe are uh, not able to attend usually live because that's a Friday night. And who wants to sit with four people or five people and chat about community management after you've been doing it all week uh, on a Friday night, right? When they could be with family, they could be with friends. Some of them are probably two pints deep, if not more. You know, community people are the most fun to hang out with. Come on. Especially, especially with uh, I, 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 I'll disagree because I used to have, I used to have a customer community call every Friday and our my friends from Germany would show up with wine and we had some really great conversations thankfully though here's the difference I think Dave that you're suffering from ours weren't recorded so oh, that's no where the yeah that that's the difference you know so people were drunk yeah. and they were saying some stuff that they probably shouldn't have but there was no physical audio recordings to use against them in any fashion so yeah that's that's very true very true but uh, I've come up with an interesting ploy to see if I can get them to participate in their own way. Uh, so I'm going to ask the first question, and then I'm going to show you uh, a, a friend of the show, we'll say, uh, a gentleman named Mark Duke, 
who has pre-recorded answers to many of the questions that we're going to ask today. So he's actually going to lead it off when we ask a question. I'm going to give it to Mark first, and then we'll go from there. Uh, and that way, you know, Mark gets first say. We don't have to all jump in at the same time, which we never do. Um, and, you know, so first and foremost, you know, we talk, we say community onboarding. Um, what is onboarding and why is it important to building successful communities? And Mark Dukes. Onboarding is the process of adding somebody to a group or community that you're running. And it's important because really it really defines the experience of that person coming into the network or the community and also enables the community manager to get a real strong feel of what the needs and requirements of that person is and how they can potentially be useful within the group and what services they can take advantage of. That's a pretty solid definition. Can anybody add anything to that? I really can't. <laughs> he nailed it. I mean, I mean, I don't know. I just always like to throw the rule book out the door so I get myself in trouble. But hey, what the hell? It's Friday. Um, solid definition. I don't think you can really add to it. Uh, I mean, the only thing I would say is, uh, you know, maybe I'm going ahead. But I mean, the main thing for me is uh, I, I'm I'm really keen that people look at segmentation with the way that they do onboarding. Because I feel like if you just throw everyone into the pool in the same spot, uh, that's probably not the way you want to go about it, right? Because you, you, you want you want to have some... I'd actually, if anything, I would want to spend the most amount of time on the the onboarding of all the stuff that I'm doing just because it's kind of like, I, I always think of community building like party planning. Like if I go to a party and I show up and they're playing like, I don't know, 80s techno <laughs> weird stuff and there's cheese whiz on crackers, I'm leaving. Nothing weird with 80s techno. Just want to Yeah, you. it's okay. I, I'm not into the new age stuff. I mean, the, oh, you know. Okay. They're, 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 yeah, I mean, there's some there, there's some passes I'll give like to the talking heads and things of this nature, but you know, for the most part, a lot of it's garbage. But um, you know, it's the same thing with the community, right? Like if you if you're trying to get people to get engaged and right away, and they drop into your community, and they don't feel it's for them, that yeah. they may never return again. So that's why I think it's really important that you're you're really thinking about okay, well, someone's experience, maybe this is where we want to send someone, or if they're someone that doesn't know anything about it. And if they're dropped into a, a place where everyone's very cliquish and they all know everything, they're not going to feel in, in, uh, open to share and, and engage in those conversations. So that, you yeah. know, I would spend a lot of time on that um, yeah. aspect. We do that in my work community. Um, when somebody joins, they have to be a, an owner of our product. Um, and we look at who they are, where they work. And based on that, it will after they've getting, gotten registered and into the community, it will give them certain entitlements within the community. So maybe they have paid for support, so now they can see the port se support section. If they haven't purchased support, maybe they're a partner or a vendor and they just don't need it um, because they can do all that stuff themselves, then it won't show up for them. But as part of that process, um, you know, we have topics in the community that mirror the products that we sell. So if, uh, if you want a specific topic, or if you want to you own a specific product, there's a topic area just for that product. And as part of that onboarding, we look at them, we look at the company they work for, and we look at the products they own, and they get a special page that says, here are some topics you might be interested, and it's completely customized to them. So that 
if they own a product, it'll be one of the ones that we suggest. Hey, you know, we don't say you own, you know, this product. So here's this topic. We say you might be interested in this because not everybody, you know, they may own a bunch of our products, which is very common. So they may not work on that one particular one, but they may work on another one. And they can say, oh, I kind of interest that one, kind of interest that one, kind of interest that one. And it adds them to the list and they'll get notifications of new posts and questions from those topics. Um, and yeah, this is probably jumping ahead to some of the other questions, but that's okay. Um, I totally agree with segmentation. And there's a lot of platforms that are starting to do that in, in their built-in onboarding processes, or they allow you to segment your peop the, the, your users yourself and then send them specific invite links per segment. So if you get a link from me, um, and I did this in the little community that I threw up for the site, um, everybody that's been a guest on the show gets a special link and they are invited as um, a, a guest. And there's a special little section in my community just for guests. And that invite link is what signifies to the platform that you're one of those people. And it just does all the work for me. Um, but I have other links for non-guests and just people who want to join. You can find that at the top of the page on cmgrlive.com. <laughs> you can do cmgrlive.com. That will work. Uh, just hit the core link at the top if you want to join in. It's really slow. I've had a few weeks here where I've had some health issues and I haven't been as active in, in promoting stuff in there. But if you want to join, we'll get it going eventually. <laughs> so, but I totally agree. Segmentation is very important if you can do it. I think also too, um, I work with developers and system administrators and um, QA folks. I tend to think in terms of tasks. So what what's the first 30 days going to be like? Like what's the most challenging part of the product um, or of the workflow? And this these are the best articles that you could read to just get you up and running as quickly as you can. And most, you know, I think it's it's okay for me to kind of generalize and say, most developers and technical folks want to figure stuff out themselves. So I try to stay out of the way in, in, and being like helpful on the periphery, but you know, here's some things you might want to check out. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's about, that gets down to knowing your audience too. Right. Cause yes. I can imagine those tech. Well, I mean that, I mean, it's one of those things I was always talking about too. Like the, uh, I had this really technical community at one point and I think it was, over 50% of folks had like ad block on. And so I had a way to measure it. I won't, you know, there's ways around it. I kind of, let's say it was gray hat. So I, I was able to measure how many people were using ad block. So I knew what percentage of the people visiting the community were not able to see the ads. And they weren't, I mean, they weren't intrusive ads, but they were kind of things to, you know, highlight things that may be of interest, kind of like what David was talking about. But then I had to think about how do I, when they turn on ad block, still show them something, you know, because I, you know, they, it was helpful. I didn't feel that it was a, a obtrusive in any way. Um, but, you know, no, knowing that is really important about, about audiences, right? Because um, for example, like older individuals may not be as tech savvy and you may have to be more upfront about how to use the platform. Whereas, you know, developers may be like, I just want to try, you know, can I swear? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Try shit out. See what breaks. You know, like. It's not in the first eight seconds, so you know YouTube won't care. I really want to hear about how you got around that ad block for some time. No, I didn't. Well, I mean, I mean, you know, the short the short story of it is ad block is no script. So when when if they turn on no script, then I would just show an image that says, "Hey, you know, you have every right to not show ads, but here's some 
cool resources that you would be like, like it was pure text content, yeah. but it was just, it was just a, you know, kind of acknowledging, you know, I've used it in various ways. And then the way to do the measurement was I had a roundabout way that, so, okay, we're going nerd city here, but yes, essentially what, what happens is when you, uh, when you do email marketing or any email marketing, when you, when you see an open, it's, it's the image that gets loaded from the server. Right. That's how the open is known. So I had this, I created a script that when they turn off all the script that this image would load and, and it was called to a server. So then I knew, um, what percent. So I had basically two images. So I would know one, everyone that got it. And then only the people that were blocking. So I could then calculate and on a pie chart, what percentage of the visitors were not seeing the ads. Ooh, yeah. very clever. Very clever. Probably against the terms of service of Google, something or other, but well, GDPR, but you know, we don't have to talk about that. No, no, because I, I didn't have any personal identifiable information. It yeah, was just okay. I oh, wanted to know an IP address. No, I just I just wanted to know what percentage of people that were visiting, yeah, were were blocking the ads completely. So it it, it yeah. would was what was actually important about that. I know we're going completely off the rails, and sorry, but it was it was to also give me a good sense of the traffic because they're also blocking Google Analytics and all the other things. So this is a, I had I had made a custom tracker so that I want to know what the true traffic was because it was, I had a feeling it was being underreported. Sorry. I didn't mean to like, very clever, no, very no. clever. I've seen, I've also seen code that um, he's right. It basically blocks scripts from loading, but I've also seen code that will, instead of, if it sees that kind of thing, it'll start adding code to the pages that renders so that it puts it in like plain text instead. Or it just does plain text anyway. So it, from the server, it's already pre-written into the HTML, and you can't really block that. <laughs> you know, it's going to be yes. there yes. Uh, because you can, with some tools, that let you go in and say block this particular section specifically, and it uses CSS and and the document object model to do that. But there's ways around it. Absolutely. Sorry, I, I, totally do I don't use those sites that, that make ways around it. I don't use sites that block my ad blocker. That's just dumb. So <laughs> I'm bad. Deb, so. what do you think? Uh, the original question I think was about onboarding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How would you? <laughs> Why I, my, my only comment would be the entrepreneurs and business owners I work with typically miss this step or don't prioritize it as important as it should be. So um, I typically tell people they take a lot of assumptions thinking like, oh, they'll know how to do that or they know how to, you know, click on a box or open up this thing. No, people don't know that. They're not going to do it. You have to tell them and you don't want to tell them all in one email. You don't want to say, click here, go here, do this you don't want to give them seven commands in one email. So it's a journey and you want to take people on it and hold, like we're walking down a road and we're in it, you know, we're walking together and one little baby step at a time. And I feel like in the world that we live in three seconds, if it, if you can't figure it out in three seconds, people are done. So, you know, you've got to make things really easy to clearly, clearly communicate and easy to understand. And when they, the big, the biggest, point of onboarding is so they know that they're in the right place. Like in my mind, I feel like they have to know that they're here and they belong here and what they're going to get out of this place. Um, yeah, I think I, a lot of the times we see that there's just rules like here are the rules. And we don't care yeah. about rules in the very beginning. We want to tell them 
why it's important for them to be here before we talk about don't break the rules. Like, first of all, like, why are you going to be here and how are you going to participate and show up? And like, how can we support you? And let's work together and all those lovely things that, you know, we like to talk about as community people. <laughs> I, I will throw one rule at you. It's the, it's the best rule, which you, you actually said it, which is thou shall not have one more than one CTA per email. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because and it, like you're right, because if you if you end up asking them to do 40 things, update your photo up, you know, update your profile, go, you know, go uh, tell introduce yourself in this thread. It's like, pfft, forget it. Yeah. They're not going to do any of it. I mean, and, it'll be hard. and if you I'll do that, if optional. you send them an email for seven days every day in a row, guaranteed they haven't opened up day one for four days. I want to tell you, if I find myself in a seven-day drip, I usually I'm unsubscribe. I'm subscribed by day. Don't do that either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I hate. I hate Space that. it out. Yeah. So. All right, our our next question, and we've covered this a little bit. What are what are some common challenges in onboarding new community members, and how can they be addressed? And once again, we'll go to. Oh, now I've forgotten his name. Duke, Mark Duke. Ah, oh, there it is. You did. Most common challenge is really making sure you actually find the time to speak to the people that you onboard, either in person if you're doing events, which is fine, or uh, over video or phone, depending whatever works, and that's the biggest issue. How that can be addressed is simply by perseverance. Um, I don't onboard anybody onto the uh, network that I run unless I've spoken to them whether that's on the phone or video, certainly not via email because you don't get that experience and certainly not via filling in a form. Great advice for a small community. Terrible advice for a large community. If you're getting hundreds of signups a day, you're not going to have calls and video conferences with them. Uh, great, great for small personal communities. Great to make bigger communities seem more personal. If you know that, like we have a list of very important customers uh, that we kind of keep a track of. And we want to know if they're struggling anywhere in the process with our products or anything like that. And we monitor what those people do in the community. And those might be the people that we give the, the white glove treatment to of stepping in and saying, hey, you need some extra help here. How's everything going? You know, do you, do you want to have a one-on-one -on -one meeting? We can talk about this. Um, and I think that's important. But I think you have to watch scale. Uh, at some point, it'll scale with luck. With luck, right? With you know, it will scale to the point where that's just no longer feasible or doable. It reminds me of saying that I, I think I said this somewhere else earlier today. Let's deal from our brothers and sisters and customer success. Uh, and you're you're hitting that exactly what they talk about is, um, you know, with the economy and things of this nature, they're they're looking at how can they scale things and kind of what they've been doing is they'll, instead of just looking at dollar value of a, a, a customer or how much they're ordering, they're looking at like, which are the customers that need that extra handholding versus uh, the ones that they don't, you know, it's kind of like Lori was saying, like, let me kind of go in and do my thing. And so I think that's also some interesting ways that you can, if you can make it part of the onboarding to the community, like where I was really successful or where I felt was really successful was when a customer would onboard, they'd go through the customer success team and they would sit with them and kind of help them create their account and kind of get a sense for it. And then they could tell me like, this is a customer that you don't need to like, let them do their thing versus like, this is, this is someone that will probably need a lot of your help. <laughs> <laughs> and that was kind of a way to allow you to gauge and, and kind of at scale because they were getting the, 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 the white glove 
at, at that level because right there were there were levels obviously there were people that were just kind of on, not not on their own but kind of didn't get as much uh hand holding so yeah totally agree with you like the unless you're you have a very small community you know like you're you're getting like i don't know 100 people a year but i mean if you're, you're talking like ea like they have no way they have no way to have calls with everyone that joins the community no no i love hearing about the interdepartmental cooperation Oh yeah, I have an amazing customer success org at my company, and they do a lot of things that you know community people would do. They do a lot of webinars. In fact, they they do webinars about how to navigate around the community. Something you would think I would do. Um, yeah. But you know, because they're global, they have the ability to do it in Portuguese, where I could never do that in Portuguese. You know, so they have some greater flexibility, and you know, it helps them to get to know their, the people that they're working with better too. And it gives it that, you know, one-on-one, hey, we've got a webinar coming up that kind of walks you through going through the community. You should check it out, you know, because they talk to the customers way more often than I do on the phone and through video and stuff like that. So great team. They're amazing. And it's been a really, really good having them on board. Uh, And we've made a lot of changes in the community at their request, you know, to make it easier for them to do the things that they do. Uh, So, you know, we're always, you know, I'm always open to improvements. I can't fix it if I don't know if it's broken, right? So um, when they came on board, they're like, why don't we do it this way? And why don't we do it that way? And uh, some of the things were great ideas. And some of it was just, you know, we can't. The platform doesn't let us do it. You're absolutely right. That would be wonderful. We could do it. It's just not feasible. Um, And, you know, and so, uh, you know, working interdepartmentally, I sent in marketing, but I deal with the product team, um, you know, because I take ideas in the community and we handle those through there. Uh, You know, I work with email marketing because, you know, we do ideas in the community. Let's tell them we do ideas. So let's do an email campaign that says, hey, we have an idea program. You can check it out. Um, you know, and uh, I sit with digital marketing, which is email, web, and advertising. Oddly enough, it's not social media. That's in a different department, but it's because of the way that it came up in the company. It was separate. Digital marketing didn't exist when they started social media, so it's still kind of its own thing. Um, but yeah, it's pretty pretty cool. Oh, and the video team. I, I, well, I mean, I, social media has been around since someone drew something on a cave wall and said, hey, yeah, well. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> right. Um, but uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, just just good um, to have those other people that can help out. And it's it's like an army of people that are smarter than me about things. You know, they work with customers. They hear the weird problems or, or the struggles that the customers have. And and I don't necessarily hear the same ones. And it's just good to have more ears and more eyes and more brains to be able to answer these questions that we get. Um, because maybe, you know, I if I don't know the answer, I've got to find somebody who does. And the more people that I know, the better chance of me finding someone who does or them pointing me in the right direction. I mean, a lot of my emails when I can't answer something is, is, you know, hey, is this something you can help me with? Or can you tell me who to talk to? And, you know, that usually will get me there eventually. It may take a step or two, but I usually get what I'm trying to find. That's fantastic. I love hearing stories like that. Yeah. Deb, anything? Um, I usually work with smaller communities or business owners that have smaller communities. So I usually recommend checking in with either focus groups or doing individual um, ideal member chats because I feel like there's so much benefit from really building relationships with your members from day one when you're in the beginning of, you know, building a smaller community. Um, 
So the, that's something I'm really adamant about with my clients a lot of the time. I think a lot of people miss that step again because of a lot of assumptions that they make about that they think they know the problem they're solving uh, or the community you know, the problem that they think their community is going to solve is the problem that these people have. And so it's, that's another way to just make sure and validate that your community is solving the problem that these people do have and, and getting their feedback and ideas. And so um, if you do have bandwidth, or you can partner with other people, or you can do surveys or focus groups, or, you know, have a team, maybe even just bringing in somebody for just a period of time, to do these interviews or some conduct something um, to get some of that stuff, um, even a, on a yearly basis or you know something like that, so you can keep the pulse of who your members are and what's going on because things change, you know, as we know. Yeah. No, and, and I agree with you. I don't want to say, hey, don't don't do any, you know, one on. I I think the the difference was the contacting every person that joins. The focus group thing is a, a, a golden staple. Like I I would say that if you're not doing it, you're, you're certainly missing an opportunity to learn a lot about your community. Even if it's a sampling size, like every 10th member, you know, you, or every hundredth member, you have an opportunity to have a chat. Uh, that also gets down to the segmentation. Hopefully you've done of your own community to kind of get a, uh, an idea of like, okay, we have so many percentage in our community doing X or, or Y, and let's, you know, ask three or four of those types to be in this group. So we have a, a sampling to say, Hey, we're going to do this program in the community. What's the reaction? Um, you know, so you get some immediate uh, response on it. But, I, you know, at volume, when we're talking thousands and thousands of members a day, I don't know if uh, a call with every single one would make sense. Yeah, that's good. That's good. So our next question has, uh, it's something that I do in my communities or try to do. So I'll say the question and then I'll, I'll talk a little bit about what made me come to it. Um, well, actually, no, that's the question after that. So um, how do you make... Let's do this question and you know what? Skip it. I'm going to reverse orders. Uh, here I am rambling. So here's the question. What are some effective strategies for providing resources and information to new members during the onboarding process? That's not the one I was going to read. I read the wrong one. Fascinating. So, so Friday. <laughs> it's, it's Friday. The one I was going to ask is about how can you get existing community members to be involved in the onboarding process and help integrate new members. And that came about years ago when my kids were very little. When they hit first grade, um, they were assigned a fourth grader to be their buddy. And the fourth grader helped them get acclimated to the school and to going to school and everything. And it was a buddy process. So I have that question in there because that's something I try to do in communities when I can, when it's possible, is to have older members kind of be a mentor to a new member. Um, we're probably not going to get to that question today, but let's go back to the one that I did ask. What are some effective strategies for providing resources and information to new members during the onboarding process? We've talked a little bit about already about not overloading them with too much information, but uh, let's see what Mark Duke has to say on that. So I actually don't share information during the onboarding process because the focus is actually the conversation. So either they will have received material before the conversation, which tends to be webpage about what my group is about. And then it's all in the follow-up because often the follow-up will contain details about what the community is about. And more importantly, about connecting them to people in the community based on what their needs are. That really being the key thing. I don't know how much more we have on this. I think he reiterated what we said. Don't don't overwhelm them when you're onboarding them. Uh, does anybody else have 
anything to add to what he said? I like the follow-up. That's a that's a good call. That could be that group of, you know, get a bunch of people into a room and say, hey, any questions? You know, new here? You know? Yeah, I, I'm a fan of um, some services like WhatFix and WalkMe and AppQs to kind of do a bit of a tour of the um, community. Although what I love about them, too, is like if you're one of those people that gets annoyed, you can turn it off right away. <laughs> So it's kind of nice because you're giving people the choice, right? I turn them off away, but I know some people like to have that. Oh, that's how I in the in the in the Salesforce's builder part of their experience cloud builder. Every time you go into builder mode, it pops up with a every single time it pops up with "Hey, welcome to the build." Click here, and then it pops up a box over here every single time. And you have to kill it almost immediately. Yeah, I mean, most of these services, you, you, you kill it, you don't see it again. But I, yeah. it always yeah. comes back, drives me crazy. I um, used to get annoyed with those. And now I've actually am really thankful for them because I tend to get really overwhelmed with new platforms a lot of the time. So uh, it is actually kind of helpful if it's if you're coming into something new. There's so many new platforms like every five seconds. So if you're, It's oh, actually really something that helps you kind of gauge on where do I find this thing? That's the key point. I think when you're talking about resources is pointing them to the thing. Like if they wanted to, typically people come to a community for a couple of reasons, but a lot of the time it's for a question that they have that they want an answer to. So if you know that there's like a frequently asked questions, I always like have things like that at the top or pinned or like easy ways for them to find frequently asked questions, for example. So like like a fun way that you could think of onboarding too is ask people about what onboarding experience they want because I'm the person that kind of just, I want to just break shit and just go in. And <laughs> I like the, the 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 kismet of like, oh, look, this is cool. Let me go look and see. Like I end up going down rabbit hole. And there are other people that like very pres prescriptive onboarding. It's like they want to know everything, like how to do everything. Me, I just, I just want to just jump in and get going. So I, I think that could also be an interesting, you know, kind of like a first email, like what kind of onboarding would you like? And then like choose like from prescriptive to like, just let me in and do my thing. <laughs> choose your own adventure onboarding is what choose we should your own adventure, exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it would probably help you with your open rates and your, and, 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 and your buy-in, right? Because then what would happen is the people that really want that, you know, walk me what fix kind of, you know, pop boxes are like, yes. And then the people that are kind of like, just point me to where I like log in. <laughs> <laughs> like, don't ever send me another email ever again. <laughs> but the folks who self-identify as, as gamers or people who enjoy gamification, I feel like there's so much we could do. We could do there for them um, just in terms of making it super fun, regardless of their level you know, or of level of expertise or, or what they do for a living and how many years they've been doing it. That's something that I've been kind of pondering too is, you know, what, how can I gamify this? How can I make this more interesting and, and more fun and, and gamified? So just a thought. Well, I mean, I think, I think with AI and chatbots, I mean, I don't know if anyone's ever done this, but it would be a, a cool experiment that the first login is maybe something with chat GGP or some chatbot that asks like, Send them to a page and ask them what kind of onboarding experience they want, and have that conversation. Then send them off on that. Oh, that'd be cool. A, a page of sorts, you know, like, oh, you want to do your pro? You, you seem to be this kind of person that wants to see your profile. Go here and put your profile on. 
versus someone like you just want to ask your question by all means go crazy <laughs> i said i feel a blog post coming on <laughs> there you go you know, somebody write it up all right we're at 32 minutes um do you guys have time to stick around you want to do one more question or are you guys good go as long as you're okay i'm more concerned about your, your ability to oh no i'm good you know I, I don't want you pushing any further than you have to no, no, no. Let's let's grab one more question and we'll call it. Um, how can exist? Nope. I already tried to do that one. Uh, how do you make new members feel welcome and valued in the community? And Mark Dukes. I make uh, new members feel valuable to the valued to the community simply by listening to what they're involved with and what their needs are. Um, it's really more about listening to what they're up to and what they need, and less about what the community that I run can offer. Although obviously it's key to share that with them, but that makes them valued because they actually think that really it, the community is about them rather than about the community and what they can give. Yeah. And before we go, I want to thank Mark Duke for coming in and doing all that. I appreciate it. It was an experiment. Uh, we'll probably do it again. Uh, if you're out there in, you know, video land, if you're on YouTube or LinkedIn or everything, and you, you want to comment, let us know if you're interested in doing it. Let me know. Uh, same for you that get this as a podcast. Uh, I can do audio as well, not just video. Uh, so there's ways that we can we can make this work for people that are in time zones that are not conducive for being here live. And I want everybody to be a part of it. So uh, trying to trying to make it as easy as possible for you guys to participate. So uh, what do you think? Making it easy for them on onboarding. I think we've covered a lot of that today. Uh, just don't overwhelm them. You know, cut to the chase. Um, you know, I think that Rich Millington often talks about, you know, your onboarding process should be, they put in an email address and that's it, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I mean, my, my main thing is whatever the ask is, it, it should be of value. Like I always, I just, I hate intro threads and categories. It's just, to me, they are the graveyards of community. Every time I see someone have them, I go, just, why are you doing this to yourself? Why? Because what it always it always starts off with good intentions. It's like that first one. It's like, hi, I'm Joe from St. Louis, and I like apples, and I, I live on a farm, and uh, go Broncos. And then it's like, hi Joe or hi Jim. And then there's you know, and then and then before you know it, it ends up being 475 pages of all these posts. And the the only thing that's happening is some poor community manager is sitting there liking every single one that comes in and no one else is engaging because no one cares because yeah. there's no value for anyone else unless they're like i i do know really the platform wanted. that puts questions in the onboarding process that are automatically posted as your hi i'm new here post and yeah i mean it's but again a, I, nobody interacts with it i mean no. i do because i go yeah. in and say hey welcome thank you for joining us I mean, it, take, it takes it takes a special kind of human being yeah and usually it's the natural community builder that will go in there or welcome committee. I mean, it's so much better if it's like, I, I think maybe was it, I don't remember which community it was. I want, I think it was one of Rich's maybe would have been like, what, what is it that you can contribute to the community or, you know, it's, it, 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 it should be something that's, you know, helpful a value. Cause just as a, like you want to create value for the community. Well, like what's the first post that someone can have value on? Like, What's the most confusing thing about our product? What's the most? What's the one thing you you wish you knew about this industry? Uh, what's the uh, best job interview tip you ever had? Like, I mean, those are things that are helpful for everyone. Where someone would say, "Oh, I've never heard that question," or "That's great," or you know. But I mean, asking me like, what my favorite 
pie or cake or I mean I, I mean they're fun, but it's but it's it, it kind of irrelevant. It, it, As an it, introvert, I recoil from that. I'm like, run away. <laughs> I always make that stuff optional. Like you have the yeah. option to not answer. Yeah. That's fine. Right. Um, but I mean, in terms of getting the most value out of it, like I think if yeah. if the if the goal is to get them engaged right away, then like I like I, I think I said it before. It's how much how whatever amount of time you spend on your onboarding, spend three X more time on it. Because <laughs> like, I, I mean that's the thing, right? You don't want to be like I, I said again, you don't want to be serving cheese whiz on crackers with 80s crap techno music. Or I don't know what it's called from the 80s. It's not techno, it's uh keyboard. Okay. Oh, so the keyboard, you know, it's it's new wave. Yeah. Yeah, new wave. That's the word I'm sorry. I should know that. So I I live I lived through it. Another, yeah. <laughs> you know, deep. You, you can find it nowadays under vaporwave and uh I mean not, I know, I'm gonna like all the hate mail from like you know talking head phones <laughs> and stuff like that. And I love talking, talking heads. Head. If you like talking heads, you'll like Tom Tom Club. I'll just yeah, it's no, that's cool. I'm just <laughs> I'm just talking about that uh, crappy eighties elevator music that uh, you know wanna yeah it's like very horrible. I'm just saying, like you, you want your community to be fun and engaging, and yes, and and, and people seeing that they have value right away because you know to to you know if you go in somewhere and you just nope, this not for me. They don't get me. This isn't my community. How do you get them back? Hmm. That is a good. Next time engagement. Yeah, they've unsubscribed. You can't email them anymore because you yeah. pissed them off. That's right. <laughs> How do you get them back? All right, uh, we're going to call it there. I took oh, go, go asked the question, um, what brought you here? Um, what, you know, what challenges are you experiencing? Most of the communities that I work with are more personal development or mindset or wellness focused. And a lot of them, you know, have, you know, safety concerns and their private, you know, their private communities and they're behind paywalls and things like that. So the biggest challenge I have with my business owners is they want this thing called engagement. And what I, what I, I always push back of like, well, why, why do we want engagement? What's the point of that? But what I'll, what I'll also say is it's, it's really important to have the members feel like when they're coming in, like we established, like, they're in the right place, but also that it's safe to, to share here and that it's being modeled that people are sharing um, and that you tell them that like they can't you can't just assume that people are going to be like, oh, yeah, people know that they should just post here. Um, they don't know that they don't know if it's OK. They're not maybe they're not sure. And typically I always kick off like new communities with some kind of a welcome party or some kind of onboarding group together thing where we can build relationships with people who don't know each other so that they can really connect because then that'll seal the bonds when they're in the online community and then they'll feel more safe and maybe sharing something that's more vulnerable or challenging to share. Otherwise, they're not going to share things for like six months. They might be reading your posts. They might see and like and cheer your content, but they're not going to be vulnerable or sharing their challenges or posting a question because nobody wants to feel stupid or nobody wants to ask that question that they feel like, is it okay to ask this question here? I don't know. Like nobody's going to say that. So you, be have, the first one. you have to say it's okay to post 
stupid questions or whatever. Like you have to tell them that and you have to give them that permission. Yeah. Do you model too? Do you model the behavior? Like I know I when during moderate, yeah. When I moderate, you know, too, if there's something that's, that's, mm -mm, you know, the way we respond to it is this way. Um, yeah. And mo yeah. modeling that behavior and getting folks to, to move that forward is super helpful. Yeah. Especially in the beginning, new communities, model the behavior you want to see. That's, that's the standard. People see it. They go, okay, that's how they do it here. You know, and then, you know, lightly push back when people step outside of what you want them to do, you know, uh, push back hard if they won't stop. <laughs> you know, those yep. kinds of things. <laughs> it's like, we don't do that here. Uh, you yeah, don't have to do it publicly. Try not to publicly shame people. Uh, uh, they don't like that. Uh, do it offline if you can. Have a phone call with them if they really won't change. Uh, you know, say, hey, look, we're trying to do something here. Talk to them personal. Um, all right. Um, we are going to call it a show. That's 40 minutes, a little over. Uh, thank you for everybody for staying. Uh, we'll go in reverse order. So, Lori, uh, tell people where they can find you, where they connect with you, if they want to uh, partake of your services, if you're offering such, uh, that kind of thing. So, tell us about it. Um, I'm in LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn.com, and you can find me there. I'm currently in the process of getting my personal website up. And I'm going to be starting a live internet show very soon. So next time I'm on, I'll give everybody all the all the goodies. But until yeah, then, good. I'm on LinkedIn. There you go. Deb? I am a community consultant, and you can find me at finecombhere.com. I'm coming out with a new book, Creator to Community Builder, later this year. So uh, please uh, go to my website and subscribe to our upcoming newsletter. Last but not least, Adrian. Hi, friends. Uh, you can reach me at uh, adrianspire.com and I'm on LinkedIn. I have my book, my newsletter and all the wonderful stuff. And, uh, you know, Lori, I didn't pay her to do that, but I appreciate her. Oh, Look at us all represented. I feel bad. I feel bad that I don't have mine handy. I keep mine very close. I, well, I always forget. So I got to go. I have to, I have to remember what I wrote. Oh, goodness. <laughs> It's yeah, good so stuff. I mean, I, I look, I even said in the book that I wrote it for myself, like, right. Like I, I, I yeah. fully admitted that it, it was a book that I needed someone in a time machine to go back and leave on my desk. So you see all the bookmarks. See all the bookmarks. Oh, wow. I appreciate that. Oh um, yeah. I mean, I, I read it sequentially and then I, I read it, a, I read it a sequentially. I forget what the, I did. I did the highlight. Oh, and oh yes. Yes. Oh. Yes. I have it on Kindle. That's why I can't. So, I mean, look, I mean, it's available at all fine bookstores and libraries. Um, and and maybe one day it'll be an audio book once AI gets to a point where it can synthesize my voice and make it very easy to do. So I don't need to sit. I'm going to send you a link. I'm going to send you a link. There's something I, scary out there. Uh, it's 11 labs. I know, but I, I, oh, I, yeah. gotta, uh, oh, I know it. Trust me. <clears throat> all right. It's a little bit more pricey than I want to do at this point. And I'm not sure okay. if the technology, it's, it's a little creepy to be honest, but at some point an audio book will, will, will come out, but adrianspire.com. I've got the newsletter. I've got, you know, LinkedIn, uh, and where you can buy the book and all that other fun stuff. So awesome. Um, yeah. All right. I want to thank our guest today. Uh, my co-host Tim, who's out today celebrating with his wife. I will never, you know, say anything bad about that. I, I don't blame him. Uh, Thank you guys for joining us today. Thank you to our audience. Uh, I'm sorry I missed out on LinkedIn today because that's generally where most people chat with us from. Uh, if you enjoyed this, please like, subscribe, follow on the platform of your choice. If you would like to be a guest on an upcoming topic, 
uh, guest on an episode or, an, or have an upcoming topic, I'm going to try that sentence again. <laughs> if you would like to be a guest on an upcoming episode or have a topic to cover, please head over to cmgr.live or cmgrlive.com. Uh, click the contact button in the bottom right. There's a form that you can fill out to be a guest or give us a topic. If you would prefer an audio version of this, uh, you can find our podcast wherever you get a podcast today, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music. Uh, interestingly enough, if you go on Spotify and you do it on Spotify, you can actually watch the video instead of getting just the audio. Oh, awesome. So that's kind of neat. Um, I know that we've got about 30 some odd subscribers on Spotify. Thank you. I love you. Um, again, thank you to our guests. Thank you for joining. And we'll see you in two weeks.